Hey, it's Thanksgiving week. Let your stomach say amen. <clears throat> amen. If you're looking forward to Thanksgiving, say amen. amen. How do you celebrate? Well, we eat a lot. Okay. We have Thanksgiving a lot, I'm afraid. But we should be a thankful people. How many know that it shouldn't necessitate a week or a day for us to be a people that are thankful? We have a lot to be thankful for. Luke chapter 2, I'm going to draw what probably seems like an odd text for our Thanksgiving Sunday morning. And yet, praying this week, it's the... It's the narrative of Scripture that the Lord would not let go of, and I think it makes sense to me now, and I hope that before we leave, I can make the complexity of this simple, and the Lord can help us in this house. I believe He's going to. Verse 41 of Luke 2, and so that you know, so that you're not held hostage, I'm going to read through verse 46. Now, his parents, being Jesus' parents, went to Jerusalem every year, at the feast of the Passover. And when he was 12 years old, they went up to Jerusalem after the custom of the feast. And when they had fulfilled the days, as they returned, the child Jesus tarried behind in Jerusalem. Joseph, his mother, knew not of it. But they, supposing him to have been in the company, went a day's journey. They sought him among their kinsfolk and acquaintance. And when they found him not, they turned back again to Jerusalem seeking him. And it came to pass that after three days, they found him in the temple, sitting in the midst of the doctors, both hearing them and asking them questions. Verse 41 says, now his parents went to Jerusalem every year at the feast of the Passover. I want to take those words and I want to preach what I feel the Lord has for us here this morning. Every year, every year at the feast. If you plan on feasting this week, I'd like you to lift your hand real high. Plan on feasting. Okay. If you don't plan on feasting, that's on you. <laughs> Lord, we love you. We're thankful for our opportunity to gather here today. If we've got anything good, it's because of you. If we have anything worth shouting about, it's you. If we have anything worth praising about, it's because of you. Help us to have a heart a mind, a spirit of thanksgiving. We ask it in Jesus' name, and we give you praise. And let everyone say amen. amen. Every year at the feast, you may be seated. Can I tell you that it is hard to be thankful with a frown? It's hard to be thankful with a frown. Because we know, and Sister Brianna just spoke, 
We know that as important as verbal is, nonverbal is important. And so typically when we say thank you, let's just, let's just model this one to another. Turn to your closest neighbor and tell them, thank you for sitting near me today. Unless you don't ever want them to sit near you again. <clears throat> now find someone you wish had not sat near you. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I hope that when you turn to your neighbor, you did not try the experiment of saying thank you without smiling, but if you say, thank you, it doesn't sound like thank you, and it doesn't look like thank you. In fact, sometimes in our cynical society, we even take the word thanks and we put it into a cynical statement and we say, thanks a lot. Thanks a lot. And what we're really saying is, we're not thankful at all for what you've done. Thanks a lot. But I will tell you, I believe that this scripture teaches us that we are meant to be a thankful people. Pastor Carson, that's so simple. It's so simple, but sometimes we know it, but don't live it. I believe that when we sit down to a home-cooked meal, we should say thank you to whoever prepared it. How many believe that we should be teaching our children to say thank you when we sat down to a meal as a family, my wife can vouch for this. I didn't just put this into the message because I thought it would sound good. This is something we do as a family that I have taught my children. Say thank you to your mom for preparing this food. Thank you for taking the time. The, the point is the acknowledgement. Food does not mysteriously appear. Some, I'm afraid, do believe that it just shows up. Bring. I'm gonna, I'm gonna take a little statement, and I know that there are. Let me say, I know that there are unique cases. I know that there are certain situations, but for the average family meal, and a certainly, I would say, for this upcoming Thanksgiving meal, I don't think the kids should have their AirPods in. Well, pastor, we have a unique, well, if you have a unique, there are special circumstances, I understand, where it does help, but for the most part, I think that when we're together, we should start by thanking the Lord. Because without the Lord's provision, there would be no food to prepare. 
And then I think we should give thanks to whoever has prepared it. The old-fashioned thank you for the hands that have prepared it. And if you want to pray one of those old prayers, you might pray, and Lord, bless. Come on, let the mothers say amen. And now any men in here that you're the cooks, if I'm saying the mothers, if you're the, if you're the man and you do the cooking, then God bless you. We'll say that prayer and that blessing for you as well. But it's necessary to give thanks. I want to start with that, that it's right to give thanks. Here we are on this Thanksgiving celebration Sunday. We're going to celebrate tonight. I want to encourage everyone to be here. I want to ask you to please be a part of this and bring someone with you. It is going to be an amazing service. Thank you to Indiana Bible College and Dr. Anderson and the team for preparing for us. Thank you, Brother John and your team for all the work that has been done to prepare and those that have been a part of recording these incredible testimonies. But more than anyone, Thank you, God. I want to say something that's going to sound patriotic, and I think it's okay. Thank God we live in a country where we can freely walk into church on this Sunday, and we can say, blessed be the name of the Lord. Come on, we heard some things during our missions conference that should remind us Thank God we can walk in this house and say it is the Lord who gives, it's the Lord who takes away, but in everything, blessed be the name of the Lord. Somebody say, thank you, Jesus. And we know that it is right to give thanks. Okay? First Chronicles 16. Verses 34 and 35, oh, give thanks unto the Lord. Why? He's good. His mercy endures. How long? How long? Forever. And say, ye save us, O God, of our salvation. Gather us together. Deliver us from the heathen that we may give thanks to thy holy name and glory Whose praise? In thy praise. I don't want any of this praise to be about us. Let it be unto the one who is worthy because your mercy truly does endure forever. Psalm 95 verses 1 through 3 say, Oh, come, let us sing unto the Lord and let us make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. Verse 2. Let us come before his presence with what? Thanksgiving and make a joyful noise unto him with psalms. That's what was happening during our worship service. Some of them were making a great noise. Some of us were making a joyful noise. But it was all unto him for he, the Lord, is a great God and a great king above all God's. I know we've been in church for a long time, but we've got to be thankful because we know who we're worshiping. 
I think sometimes we know how to worship, but we need to remember how we worship is tied to who we worship. He is the great God and the great King that is above every king. Psalms 107, 1 and 2. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for He is good. His mercy endures forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Whom He hath redeemed from the hand of the enemy. It's a good Sunday to say, if I haven't told you in a while, thank you for redeeming me. Thank you for picking me up. Thank you for restoring my soul. Philippians 4, 4 through 6, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. Let your moderation be known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. Be careful for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known Unto God. Don't just put them on Facebook. Let them be known. Unto God. Unto God. Some of you parents in here, it would blow your mind if your kid got up tomorrow morning and looked at you and sincerely said, thank you for packing my lunch today. Those parents in here that write little notes to your kids or those of you that used to, remember how much it meant every now and then when you would get a note from them? Can I tell you the way it moved your heart is the way it moves the heart of God when His children stop and say, wait a minute, time out to everything. More important than a pumpkin on the patio. More important... <laughs> More important than whether or not we got gravy and mashed potatoes and dressing, good Lord. But more important than whether or not you've got enough seats for your company, do you have enough seats for your... More important than whether or not you get the fine china out. That'll totally depend on your Thanksgiving audience. Okay? Whether or not you've got a, a kid's table or maybe you're one of the young adults and you should be past that by now, but somehow you still get stuck at the... You know, one of the most bitter looks in all the world is from the kid's table to the adult... But can I tell you more important than having all those plans put together is that at the foundation of it all that we would say none of it matters... None of it would be an occurrence. None of us would have anything to celebrate or give thanks for if it wasn't for a God who has been rich in His mercy and who has been good to us. 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18, Rejoice evermore. Pray without ceasing in everything. Give thanks for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. 1 Timothy chapter 4, 4 through 5, For every creature of God is good and nothing to be refused. If it received thanksgiving, it is sanctified by the word of God and prayer. You say, Pastor Carson, the context on that one and the context on the couple of those are a little bit different. Allow me to draw the root together and tell you regardless of your circumstance, you have a God that is worthy of thanksgiving. 
Whether you're in the best job you've ever had or you're in no job at all, you've got a God that is worthy of your praise. Whether all your family's coming in or God forbid you've lost someone close to you, I'm going to tell you this much. He is still worthy of our praise and of our thanksgiving. Whether you are in a tight relationship with your family or whether things are on the fritz just a little bit, let me tell you who has never left you and who has never forsaken you and who has never given up on you and is still making the sun get up in the morning for you Still letting the birds sing a melody in your ears. Whoa! It's not been your boss, and it's not been your spouse, and it's not been your children, but it's been a God that is above all and is worthy of all of the. Whether you're healthy or sick in your body, oh, give thanks unto the Lord because His mercy. Come on, I'm talking to somebody right now. Whether you've been fighting depression or it's the greatest joyful season of your life, give thanks unto the Lord. Give thanks unto the Lord. Man, I feel a word for somebody right now. You ought to confuse hell this morning. You ought to just throw your hands up and begin to give God thanks. In everything, in everything. We give him thanks and we give him praise. Come on, let's do that for a minute with our hands lifted. Let's join our voices. Somebody with your hands towards heaven, just start saying, thank you, Jesus. Come on, I think we ought to thank him for stuff we haven't for a while. Thank you for this suit that I'm wearing. Thank you for these shoes on my feet. Thank you for the car that got me here. Thank you for the bus ticket that got me here. Thank you, God, for your blessings. I don't think I've done this in a while. Thank you for our instruments, God. Thank you for our keyboard. Thank you for our organ. Thank you for the carpet. Thank you for this. Thank you that we still got a church with a pulpit. Thank you, God. Maybe you haven't said it in a while. Thank you for this word that gives me life and gives me strength and gives me hope. Come on, if you haven't done it, somebody just say thank you for another day. Thank you for another day to praise you. Thank you for another day to worship. Thank you for my spouse. Thank you for my kids. Thank you for this church. Thank you that we can feel your presence. Come on, our world is full of grumbling. We got to get away from that. He's a good God and he's worthy. Somebody shout amen. Amen. Now turn turn to your neighbor, okay? Your other one. Smile real big and say, thanks for worshiping God with me. May be seated. Every, every year, every year, everybody say every year. Every year they went to the feast. Every year they go to the feast. Every year since there was a feast to have. 
Every year since the feast of the Passover was in existence. Feast of the Passover is a pretty amazing thing. We remember this Exodus story. We remember this process. When you're in a season where plagues is the answer, that's a rough season. <laughs> but plagues come upon the people and we understand the dynamics that are at play until this final plague that is going to occur that we read about in the book of Exodus. And there is going to be death upon the firstborn. And there are sons that are going to die. How many know that's true? How many know the Israelites were prompted to plead the blood and to cover the door, the lintel, to make provision that when the death angel would come, that he might pass over? Now, I understand that the feast I'm talking about today is a springtime feast. It, part of the concern that I had because of the way my mind works together when I was praying and preparing and the Lord kept putting this in my mind, I kept thinking, why don't you take me to one of the later feasts? The Lord kept drawing me back to this. I really wanted to talk about the feast of weeks and Pentecost if I'm going to talk about a feast, but it was like the Lord just had to nudge me in prayer and remind me there is no Pentecost without Passover. There had to be a lamb first. And it becomes one of the great gatherings of the annual calendar, the people of God commissioned. Now, Mary would not have to go to all of these, but she's got to even go and be there at the fast, this feast of Passover. Even she needs to be a part of this. And it is a lengthy celebration and, and, and different people are there for different periods of time. And you can do the study and if you like to, to dig a little bit, have fun reading through that. There's a lot of there's a lot of uh, enjoyable depth in the text and in the celebration of the feast. And she is going there. But it is astounding to me that they are taking the Lamb of God with them to the feast of the Passover. And if you have never thought about it, I challenge you on this Thanksgiving Sunday morning to allow your mind to contemplate and consider that when they took Christ with them, they were going to celebrate the Passover that had occurred and the bringing of the people out of Egypt because of what the Passover lamb had provided. But while they're going to celebrate the Passover, they are taking the lamb of God that would not simply roll back or give momentary freedom, but they are taking with them the lamb of God, Jesus Christ, that would actually, he was the answer for all the sins of mankind. But Mary and Joseph are going, they went to this feast every year. Now I've got to somehow try in a crowd of our size and different people at all different levels. I've got to try to take the historicity of the text and the truth of this feast of Passover and I've got to try to take it through our western culture and weave these two places together. And if you'll give me the graceful allowance, I want to tell you, that's what I'm going to attempt. 
They're going for the feast. If my mind is Joseph's mind, I'm going because it's an obligation. But the family and the food might help. For those of you that want to say, oh, but pastor, you know, there's unleavened bread. It's not quite as luscious as we would have today. Stick with me for a moment and let me tell you right now. Sometimes it's the food that helps you get through. (laughs) Not that everyone here is not extremely excited about some of your relatives coming. I feel a witness. Or a woeness. It's one of those. (laughs) I know that you're extremely excited about your aunt. That always wants to argue. And she needs everybody to know that that's her casserole. Nobody needs to be concerned about the number of cats. Some things you don't have to discern. (laughs) And you'll sit there and every family, just so that you know it, every family has a crazy person. Some are abundantly blessed. But it doesn't matter how great your family is, you got them. Don't raise your hand. Just wink. If you... <laughs> and Thanksgiving is a time when all the family and sometimes all the friends come together and we eat and we spend this time together. It is an annual feast. And if you have not noticed in America, a lot of our annual Gatherings revolve around food. What do you do? We eat and we talk. Now it is nice because most of us won't go to work that day. But we're going to feast and we're going to give thanks for what has happened. We're going to look back at this feast. Mary, Joseph, and Christ, they are not alone. They go with the family. So much is understood. It was a family affair. The family was going together. They were traveling there today. On our way here this morning, you probably knew I was going to say it. My family is already listening to Christmas music. And when I say my family, the other members of my family. And when we were traveling here this morning, there was a song that was playing. And the words that stuck out to me were these words. From Atlantic to Pacific. Can you finish it? Gee, the... False! Not true! They didn't go through Indy. (laughs) 
No one thinks of the holidays and thinks, well, it'll be easy driving. Where are my people that you prefer to leave late at night so that you have less? Yep. Anybody in here you love getting caught in traffic, please raise your hand. We have a special class starting next Sunday. For... But they're traveling and they're, they're not traveling like we would be today. Nobody was jumping on a plane or nobody was jumping on a, 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 a train or into an automobile and taking their SUV. Nobody had any turkey strapped down to the roof. No, this isn't happening. But they're traveling in a caravan with a group of people and they're, and they're headed to the feast. Please notice this. They went to the feast intentional on guarding Christ. But it was somewhere during the process of the feast that they lost him. And it was somewhere during the exodus process that they recognized he is gone. I've got what might be a very simple word to stop and announce right now, but I think it's very important. I think we go into Thanksgiving knowing that he's the one worthy, but I think all too often in our Christian households, everybody gets a seat at the table but him. If we are not careful, we get all of our yams in order. We get the sweet potato casserole going. If you don't have that, you ought to get you some of that. You know I want the cranberry sauce, the fake stuff from the can. Put that on top of some good cornbread dressing. Man, some of y'all are ready, I can tell. I've been preaching that long. Some... But we'll get so busy and so hustled and so, so caught in and all the festivities and what game's on and Who's coming over? When are we eating? And every now and then you'll be a part of one of those families that you ask when you're eating and they say three o'clock and you're like, three o'clock? How are we gonna make it till three o'clock? How many know that's torture? Noon or one? Noon or one? We can't make it a rule, but we should. Tiptoeing around, getting little pieces of turkey and going in, getting little... Going in early and finding out which one's Aunt Marge's castle. <laughs> Going through all the prep and all the preparation. And if we're not careful, we take that and we give thanks just like every other day. And we eat our meal and we do our grand celebration. And if we are not careful, please help me to say to you what the Lord challenged me in prayer. If we are not careful, we're going to lose him in the middle of the process. I don't mean that. I, I don't mean that as a harsh statement. I mean that as a let's refocus right here, right now. Let's let's bring all this back together right now. Because for many of us in this room, right here, your greatest chance to be a witness to your unsaved family will be this week. Your greatest opportunity to sit in that home. Well, I don't know if we're going to do a big prayer because a lot of my family doesn't believe. Here's what I will say: If you're hosting it in your home. If you're hosting it in your house, whether they're believers or not, whether, well, I feel a little check right there, so I'm going to stick with it for a second. Whether they, whether they agree with you or not, I think if it's being hosted in your home, you ought to stop and say, Lord, we want to give you thanks for this day. We want you to bless this family. We want to love you and we want to serve. Is this too practical? Come on, is this too... 
Brother Lopez, they have taken Christ to the feast of Passover. They have got so intricately involved. They have got so busy in all of the festivities. They've gone through all of the customs. It is known as the custom of the feast. They have gone through it all. They've done all the work. They've done all the energy. They've done all the effort. And somehow, he goes missing. Please notice, they don't even know. Say, Pastor, you've preached on this story. I'm going to preach on it more. I'm going to preach on it again. I think it is our need to stop and evaluate. What does a week of Thanksgiving really look like to a believer? I don't, I'm going to say this, uh, I'm going to say this to me and I'm going to let you listen, okay? I don't think non-believers should be more thankful this week. I don't think non-believers should be more interested in putting up a bunch of Pinterest posts and ways that they're giving thanksgiving when we've been redeemed. When we have been washed. When we have been sanctified. If you're going to have turkey this week, I want you to raise your hand real high. If you're going to have turkey at your place. There are people in this room that would riot if there were no turkey. You know I like to pull the crowd. It's part of the way I keep you from falling asleep. Number one, if you're a white meat person, please raise your hand. You like the white, okay. You like that dry meat. Go ahead. It's... You know what you're also? You're also an extra gravy person. That's what you are. <laughs> I'd like white meat and a boat of gravy, if you could do that. And could you inject something into it? If you're dark meat, I want you to raise your hand. Be very proud of it. You know, there was a time when dark meat people felt like you had to be in a corner. Wasn't it? You go through and be like, I have the dark meat. And people look at you like. Not sure if you're trustworthy. But it's juicier. It's more flavorful. Pastor, you're supposed to be preaching. I am. Just stick with me. I run across a lot of stuff in my reading. Uh, sometimes I run across stuff that doesn't make sense to me. This week, an article I read did not make sense to me. New York Times, should have known, <laughs> ran an article on foods better than turkey for Thanksgiving. You feel that in the room? Wow. There's like great offense that just swept through the room. So let's share them. I'm only going to share a few. There's like uh, 20 different things you can find on your own if you care. Let's show these pictures. Uh, number five on the list Samosa pie. I'm going to tell you that's a lie from the pit. If you think that that is better. If you think that's better than turkey, you're just trying to be uppity. Number five. Let's go to the next one on the list. Number nine. Fungus Wellington is number nine. I'm going to tell you right now. That bread looks, I mean, well done on the presentation. 
But that big piece of time is to try to distract you from the reality that there's no turkey in the Wellington. I think I got one more. Is there one more? Potato and radicchio tart. Radicchio. It's Italian. You know what it is? It's a radish. New York Times said it'd be better. You know what? You won't even miss the turkey if you have some potato and radish tart. No, thank you. Listen, if you want to have potato and radish tart and drink your coffee with your... You do it. But in our house, there's going to be turkey on Thanksgiving. <laughs> Pastor, what, what in the world? You've taken five minutes to talk. Here's why. This same world is the same world giving you every reason that Christ shouldn't be there either. Get together and talk about your job. Get together and talk about... Talk about business. Talk about all the advancements you've made. But find you a substitute for Christ at Thanksgiving. You can even talk about, they'll even be okay if you talk about American history. As long as, of course, you talk about all of the negative injustices that came with it. I'm going to tell you right now, as silly as that idea is, it's even more ridiculous for a believer to walk into this week of feast and not know if there's anything good to give thanks for. It's from Him. If we get any food on the table, He's the one that's worthy of praise. If we got a house or an apartment to gather in, it wasn't my job, it was Him. If you get in your vehicle and you drive to your mama's house, it's because he's been good and he has blessed you. And oh, I feel my help right now in the room. I feel like we ought to give God some thanks on a Sunday morning. I know we don't need to replace the turkey, but way more importantly than that, we don't need to replace Thanksgiving to the one who really deserves it. He has picked me up. He has blessed my mind. Let me tell you something. I'm, I'm gonna stop, I'm gonna stop. Uh, stand with me. Here's something we haven't, some of us, we forget to do this. Thank you for a sound mind. Thank Everybody take a deep breath with me because I need it and you'll help me. Take another one, deep breath. Maybe it's been a long time. Thank you that I can take that breath into my lungs. I bet it's been a while because you might look odd, but when's the last time you did this right here? Oh, thank you. Thank you. I'm still, I'm still, let everything that has breath.
Men, let me challenge you. Get excited about Thanksgiving. But don't be more excited about the drumstick and watching football with your old helmet on. Got a piece of AstroTurf you pull out of the... Ladies, be thankful about shopping. I'd like to say be thankful about cooking. I don't know. That's a lot of work for a very short. Be thankful that your husbands have agreed to help do the dishes. Be, be. You should have seen some of the men's posture from this perspective. Paper plates this year. What is our clear action item? Walking out of this Sunday morning. Number one, I got to give him thanks. I got to give him thanks. I've got to stop comparing what I've got to what they've got or I might not give him. And I got to stop trying to live like somebody else or I will be putting at my table what pleases them. Number one, I've got to get my heart of thanksgiving back. But number two, I've got to let that thankfulness be on display to others. I need my family to know. Listen, some of you, you're having family come and they know you've had a hard year. But if they're able to show up at your house and you're still smiling and the joy of the Holy Ghost or maybe you're going to their house. I, I understand this is, this is a tough holiday for some people. Some because of loss that has occurred. Others because when you go, it's, it, it can be so contentious. It can, can be a struggle. Here's what I want you to do. I'm going to challenge you and I feel a, a, this word from the Lord to tell you. When you go, just let your heart of face. Don't let anybody else's negativity don't let anybody's desire to be contentious or unthankful. Don't let it rob you of this knowledge. He's good. He is. He is good. I'm going to make a unique call. I'm going to make a unique call today. There are people in this room that you have already come to the understanding. Now maybe you haven't been thinking about it yet. And maybe it's already something you've been wrestling, but during this message, it's begun to get stirred in your mind and your heart. But this week, there are people in this room, you know it probably will be your greatest week to be a witness. If that's you, you're saying, you know what, Pastor Carson? I would like, I know this is gonna sound funny. I'd like the strength to wear a smile I'd like the strength of the Holy Ghost to just bear the witness of thanksgiving in front of my family and in front of my friends. This is going to be my witness opportunity. 
And even if they don't like my church and even if they don't understand my relationship with you, I want, everyone, I want them to have to walk away saying, but they sure are thankful. And there's something real about their relationship with God. If that's your, if that's your testimony that you know this week is going to put you in front of family that you need to be able to bear witness with, I want you to raise your hand right now across this room. Look how many hands. Every commission is by permission and up to you. But I feel it so strongly this morning that before you ever step into that house or before they ever step into yours, you ought to step out of your pew and you ought to come down and join me at this altar. I want you to come and gather. You know your unsafe family is going to be there. You know those unsafe friends are coming over. You know the very ones that you've wept for in this church before. Come all the way towards the front. There's so many coming, please. Just come and stand for a moment. Please come, come all the way. Don't be embarrassed, don't be, don't be backward, don't be bashful. Oh, pastor, we've done this feast every year. We do Thanksgiving. This is not abnormal for us. We've had the opportunity. Yeah, but we're, we're going to be real strategic in our prayer this year. Yeah, Pastor Carson, you don't understand. They, they can't stand. They can't stand us. They don't understand us. Please hear me so clearly. No one else's negativity has the right to mess up you knowing how close Jesus is. No, whether it's a feast or a festivity, whether it's a family member or a friend, no acquaintance. I don't want to get, Brother Goddard, I don't want to get deep into this holiday and just suppose he's still around. I want to be intentional. I want to make sure that he is the star of this week. Come down to the front of this place. I want you to know, I want to say to you, I'm in agreement with you. I'm trying to make eye contact with as many of you as I can because I want you to know I'm in agreement with you that God can help you this week. I don't expect you to open up the Bible and preach to anybody. I expect them to read the Bible of your life. I expect them to be able to see you and see the smile on your face and see the joy in your heart and be able to know they really love God they really believe in the Lord. I want you to lift your hands, if you will. Church family, if you feel so compelled, I would ask you to even maybe come in and join around some of these. But if you're down front, I want to pray a very special prayer for you right now. And I want you to begin to pray. God, I pray against every hindrance to their witness. I pray against every hurt that maybe has been harbored. If there's old pain, I pray you'd let some healing balm, some salve. Put a smile back on our face. Put thanksgiving in our heart and on our lips. 
as they gather with friends and family. I know it's the same feast of every year. But more important than the feast of the year, you're the same God. You haven't changed. You're still able to heal and strengthen and deliver and empower us to bear witness. Help them to minister to lost brothers and sisters. Help them to minister to lost siblings, to lost parents, to lost cousins. Come on, they're a wayward family member, but God's able. It's a parent that doesn't understand. But you're going to have a smile on your face and thanksgiving in your heart. I feel this for some of you parents. You're going to be with your children that have walked away from God. Don't let them be defensive. Don't let them be defensive. Let our communication be strengthened. Come on, would you lift your voices? As they begin to sing, let's lift our voices all over this place and pray for our witness this morning.